time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Neff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction. And today, our Friday broadcast, we uh, look ahead to this Sunday's gospel. We will hear our Lord's famous rebuke to the Pharisees. Repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. It's another trap set by the Pharisees to trick our Lord. You know, and I think if we're honest, at times we set traps and perhaps make excuses for the way we live on our faith. We end up listening to what the world says is right, not necessarily what God says is right. Well, we're going to talk about that today. Here to help us on the journey, our spiritual director back with us once again, Father John Paul Mitchell. Father JP is a priest of Opus Dei, now serving in Chicago at the Opus Dei Center, working extensively with the College Apostolate run by Opus Dei at the University of Illinois in Champaign. Urbana, Father JP Mitchell, welcome back to the program. Great to have you with us today. Thank you, Chuck. Great to be here. Yeah, looking forward to uh, our conversation today uh, about the Sunday Gospel. It's the uh, Gospel of Matthew. We've all heard it. We're going to dive deep into that today. And as we do every day, we'll open up our phone lines, inviting you and our listening audience to join us. And we hope some of you will say yes to our invitation. But Father J.P. Mitchell, get us started. The Sunday Gospel, give us an overview. What's going on? So as you said, Chuck, um, yeah, the Pharisees Pharisees try to trap Jesus, which, which as they discover, is a bad idea, right? Trying to trap the Son of God. And um, it's interesting. They start out with, with some flattery, right? They say, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man, right? And you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And um, it's, uh, they're praising him and kind of, I don't know, setting him up in a way to help, to try to force him to answer the question, because they've got a zinger coming, they've got something that's going to be hard to answer, but they want to pressure him into answering it, saying that, you know, you know so many things, you're so smart, you always say the truth. Um, but, of course, their uh, their intention is not to praise him, but it's rather to get him into trouble. And so the question, uh, yeah, has to do with paying, should we pay the tax to Caesar or not, you know? And so maybe hearing that question today, that may not sound like a, a very dangerous question, but back then it was very dangerous because, well, the Romans had conquered um, the uh, the Jews, and so um, they were a they were a conquering people. And so, when you say uh, when they ask him, should we pay the tax? And if Jesus were to say yes, pay the tax, well, then he could be accused of collaborating with the Roman occupiers, you know, of basically approving of their occupation of Israel. Um, but then on the flip side, if he says, don't pay the tax, well, then he could be branded as a political criminal, right? And, and uh, you know, Rome could arrest him. And um, so, you know, saying yes or no, both could get him into trouble. So he, he very craftily, uh, anyway, brilliant. I guess it's, it's, a, it's an understatement to call Jesus brilliant. But, uh, but anyway, he, uh, he says, well, give me a coin. Uh, give me the, the the coin that's used to pay that tax that you guys are referring to, and um, 
and then you know he looks at the coin and he he asks them. He says, "Well, what? Who who is on the coin? What's the what's the likeness and in the inscription that's there?" And it's Caesar um, Augustus, right? Caesar's, right? Tiberius at that time. And he says the famous line, "Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God." So it's a very um, a shrewd way of of answering the question. Actually, he does in a way he does answer. He does in a true way say it's okay to pay the tax, right? He said, well, you know, if that's what's due to Caesar, then that's what's due to Caesar. He's saying it with kind of without saying it. But then he highlights, you know, at the same time, something which is even more important, give to God what is God's. And so he's not saying what belongs to Caesar or what what belongs to God. That's kind of for them and for us to fill in the gaps, you know, which Jesus helps us fill in the gaps with his entire life. But um, but uh, we want to, anyway, so I've kind of gone through the whole thing, but we want to ask, it's kind of ask ourselves, okay, well, what, yes, what belongs to Caesar, what belongs to possibly the civil government, but most importantly, what belongs to God? And that's our entire life. And, um, and that's the challenge that comes to us from this gospel, right, is to give to God what belongs to him, and that's everything. Yeah. Father J.P. Mitchell is our spiritual director looking ahead to the Sunday Gospel. We're going to share that with all of you in just a moment. But let's get our phone lines open, inviting you and our listening audience to join us. And uh, certainly um, when we talk about this gospel, uh, the question I want to ask you is, when have you, and be honest about this, stood up for your faith when maybe the people in your life were telling you something different? It's all about being salt and light. And uh, when have you been salt and light and a witness for God? Toll-free number if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. Don't forget you can email us, at relevantradio.com. So, Father JP, before you read the gospel for us, you and I were talking a little bit before we went on the air today. Tell us more about the coin. I thought that what you had to say was really, really interesting. The coin is... So, the coin that is that was used um, was a coin that had been had been made by by the different emperors and um and so we actually we actually have coins you can look it up and then see pictures of it on the internet but there there are coins from that period which still exist and it says caesar augustus tiberius son of the divine augustus okay that's what it says on that coin and so at the time the caesar the emperor was tiberius who was the son of caesar augustus and it's very interesting because Augustus had been basically elevated to to be considered a god. The Roman people considered some of the emperors as as god. And so Tiberius's father was considered to be divine, okay, to be one of the gods. And so it's very interesting that Jesus is being given a coin that that says son of god on it, right? And it's being given to him who actually is truly the son of god when Tiberius well no, he's, I mean, he's the son of, of the emperor, but he's son of, of a regular man. Um, and so that's, it's, it's uh, I don't know, it's, it, it, I, I, hadn't, I, I read this a few days ago, so I, hadn't, uh, I didn't know this, but it gives a special meaning to, to that coin. And, um, and so Jesus, of course, well, uh, he truly is the son of God, and, and uh, he will use that coin to teach us a very important message. But. Mm-hmm. Father J.P. Mitchell, our spiritual director, talking about the Sunday Gospel. And Father J.P., can we take a moment here and ask you to share that uh, with our listeners uh, on the on the program today? Of course. This is from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 22. The Pharisees went off 
and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man, and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And you are not concerned with anyone's opinion, for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Knowing their malice, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that pays the census tax. Then they handed him the Roman coin. He said to them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. At that he said to them, Then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. You know, I've been reading this this morning and praying about it, looking at it. Uh, the the flattery from these uh, Pharisees makes me wonder why do they keep hanging out with this guy named Jesus? <laughs> well, um, because he's a threat to them. And it's, well, I don't know. It sounds weird, right? You will, maybe they want to avoid, it, but they want to get their threat into trouble and eliminate the threat, which. Well, it ends up happening, but not happening, right? They actually end up succeeding in getting him killed. Um, but, of course, he rises from the dead. And so he's a threat to their authority, um, and, uh, and thus, in a certain sense, their well-being, because they live off of being considered the authority on Scripture, on God's law, and, um, and thus the respect of the people and, the, and, and people following them. But, then, but Jesus is, is threatening all that. Um, because people are attracted to Jesus, not, yes, because of his miracles, but also because what he teaches and the authority with which he teaches. Um, we read it elsewhere that he, he taught with authority, not like the Pharisees and, and, and the scribes, and I'm not exactly sure what that means in every aspect. Maybe part of it was that they noticed he teaches it and he lives according to it. He calls them hypocrites here, and actually in, in the Gospels these days, if you've been reading the Daily Gospel, is that He's very critical of them for being hypocrites. And a hypocrite well, says one thing, um, but then lives in another way, you know, but doesn't really live it out. And um, anyway, so they, so they see him as a threat. And, that, and so they're continually trying to entrap him and get him into trouble. Yeah, I'm sitting here looking at the, uh, he says, and you are not concerned, they say to him, you are not, Jesus, concerned with anyone's opinion. You do not regard a person's status. So tell us then, what is your opinion? So (laughs) they're flattering him, saying, we know you're not concerned with anyone's opinion. But what they're really saying, Father JP, is we have an opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We have an opinion, and uh, we want to know what yours is. Um, But... uh... Yeah. Well, exactly. you, so, you know, I, I just another, again, another I, example of their, of their hypocrisy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, talk a little bit, you know, always trying to bring, you know, a story from 2000 years ago, the gospel. It's a today story for sure. And just talk a little bit about, if you would, in terms of the challenge that that presents for us today. Because um, I think sometimes it's difficult for us to stand up for what God is uh, is asking us to do. We want to live out our faith, but uh, when we're confronted, when people stand up and, and want to argue or fight or whatever you want to call it uh, with us, uh, sometimes we we uh, shrink um, away, we, we shy away from the confrontation. But So when we hear this gospel, it really is a challenge for us today to stand up and give to God what belongs to God. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, so 
what the Pharisees are saying is they are highlighting a a true compliment, right? A true positive compliment, which is um, not being concerned with anyone's opinion, and that's something that we consider something good today, right? Not to give in to peer pressure or to someone's opinion, but we know that that's really hard. That uh, it's easy to say it, you know, I'm not one to give in to peer pressure, but in the moment when I'm surrounded by others or when I'm being criticized by others or when I'm being pressured in a certain way, um, am I able... Am I, am I able to stand up, but to give God what is God's, to stand up for the truth? And it could be with regards to anything, with regards to his, his um, you know, the church's teaching on certain things or what Jesus Christ showed. I, you know, thinking about this, I thought of the example, actually, of, it's from several years ago, but there was a, there was a famous case of a CEO of an Internet company who had given money um, to uh, to to the cause of redefining a state constitution of defining marriage as between one man and one woman, and so uh, it came out years later. Okay, when he was CEO, that he had done this, and so everyone, you know, cried out for him to be fired or to resign. You know, because because he uh, he he was against you know gay marriage, right, or so-called gay marriage, um, and he was. He eventually resigned. I mean, like, but but he didn't he didn't give in. He said, "I respect all peoples. Right? I respect you know we we don't we don't hire based on you know we don't discriminate." But he didn't say, "Oh no, I think you know okay yes that is considered marriage." You know, he didn't back down, and that and that led to him losing his job. You know, and a guy like that, you might say, "Okay, well maybe he'll find a job somewhere somewhere else." But but it's a great example of of that courage, you know, that our Lord told us that we would have trouble in the world, but don't be afraid, I've overcome the world. In other words, there is there is a truth and there is a good that, that transcends it. Um, and so, uh, so yes, it is difficult, um, but we are not alone. We're not alone. God does not leave us alone. And also, we're not alone with our brothers and sisters in the faith. Um, but we do need to be properly armed for those for those moments, right, with our formation, with direction, with our prayer life, you know. Uh, we can't go into the battle without, without being properly trained. Um, yeah. Yeah. We are talking today about the Sunday Gospel, and uh, phone lines are open. When have you, and uh, be honest about this, stood up for your faith, when maybe uh, the people in your life were telling you something different. You know, in the end, it's all about being salt and light. And when have you found the courage to be that salt and light and be a witness for God? Father J.P. Mitchell is our spiritual director. If you would like to join us, toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And the relevant radio app. Welcome back to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life spiritual directors. 1 888 914 9149. That's 1 888 914 9149. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Good to have you with us. I'm Chuck Neff, along with our producer, Nick Schmitz. Lucas Holt answering your phone calls today. Father John Paul Mitchell is our spiritual director today. Father JP is a priest of Opus Dei, now serving in Chicago at the Opus Dei Center and working extensively with the College Apostolate run by Opus Dei at the University of Illinois in Champaign. Urbana, we are looking ahead to the Sunday Gospel. It's the Gospel of Matthew. You know the line. 
repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. Another trap set by the Pharisees to trick our Lord. And, you know, I think if we're honest, uh, don't we set traps, uh, perhaps make excuses for the way we live out our faith? Yeah, we do. Let's be honest about that. Um, sometimes giving into what the, the world says is right, not necessarily what God says is right. But phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, toll-free number 888-914-9149, our email address, relevantradio.com. But uh, as you think about your journey of faith, when have you stood up for your faith when maybe the people in your life were telling you something different, uh, trying to live out your faith, but uh, meeting the challenges of uh, the opinions of others and uh, what they might say about you. When did that happen to you? We'd love to hear your story. Again, toll-free number 888-914-9149. So, Father JP, we were talking about uh, this gospel reading and the challenge that this is for us in terms of sometimes it is difficult for us to stand up uh, uh, you know, the, and live our faith, uh, do what God is, is telling us. And um, reading this morning, and I'm going to share a little bit from in conversation with God, uh, with everybody here today, but it was all about uh, working for the common good. And so certainly we respect and we're obedient to civil authority. We pay our taxes. Uh, we vote, hopefully. Uh, but we equally need to respect the rights of God. So we look to the right to life. Uh, we need to understand and recognize that life does begin at conception, there is a natural end to our life. And so the pro-abortion, pro-choice arguments are an affront to the truth of God, his law, and his His commandments. But sometimes um, those arguments um, uh, weigh, uh, weigh heavy in our hearts, and uh, we don't always listen to what God is saying in those instances. Yes, um, it can be, well, because what... Um, what is presented oftentimes in, in, in society and, 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 and through arguments that are usually purely emotional, right? But, um, um, but it can be, yeah, it can be easy to give in to, the, you know, with those big issues, right? Where the, the, the emotional argument can be such a, what about the mother? Or what about, you know, the, and, and, or what about the difficulties they might go through in having a child? And we're not, you know... We're, and God is not indifferent to that. Yes, there are difficulties, and at the same time, there's also a life that's there, right? Or there is, there's also a good um, in defining marriage and respecting it and protecting it in the right way. Um, and so, with the excuses that can come in to um, maybe not defending the truth, um, whether it's to our friends or in a work environment or whatever. Well, the excuse would be what um, I will be treated differently by them. The excuse could be uh, I may be treated unjustly by them or by my boss, or my um, my reputation will uh, I don't know, go down the tubes. Um, and these are all things that yes can happen, and they do happen, and um, and it's difficult. And at the same time, Jesus Himself promised that they would happen to us. And he himself lived it first. Okay, so whatever happens to us, um, he, he's already done it. And, 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 and in fact, we probably do it to him in our own life, whether, whether it's giving in to those, you know, that peer pressure or whatever it is, but also maybe in my own personal life, because I give excuses to not spending time with him in prayer. Or I give excuses for not 
serving others when I could give a little bit more, and it's probably God's will that I give a little bit more. Or I give excuses for, yes, not talking about these, you know, not defending the truth because I think, well, it won't do any good. Well, how do we know? You know, I mean, we could have said that Jesus could have, they could have said, you know, five loaves won't do anything to feed 5,000 people. But Jesus used those five loaves and those two fish and fed 5,000 and more people. So a little bit of giving, a little bit of defense of the truth could have a big impact on other people and it could affect them actually to find the truth. So let's not sell our Lord short or, under, or under, underestimate him when he asks us to give him what is his. Yeah, I remember years ago, and forgive me, uh, I've told the story before, so if you've heard it, uh, just uh, give me a minute here, and I'll I'll work through this quickly. But I remember years ago, uh, Father JP, my wife Judy and I, we were um, out in California with some, I mean, really, really, really good friends, and we were spending some time with them, and they had a dinner party for uh, their friends uh, from St. Louis, and so they invited all of their good friends, and so we're all sitting around a, a dinner table, and the subject of abortion comes up and and the excuse was we don't know anybody here other than our good friends uh really don't bring this up because it's probably not going to do any good and um you know let's don't uh, interrupt uh, and, and maybe you know put a, a bucket of water on a pretty nice evening and i just couldn't do it i just had to say something and uh, and so i brought it up and basically we put a damper on the evening but i could not sit there and not say something about uh, the right to life and uh, but it was uh, would have been very easy to make excuses it would have been very simple just to kind of change the subject or listen to what everybody had to say and let things move on naturally but the challenge for us father jp is to stand up in those moments yeah it's uncomfortable yeah it's difficult yeah it might damage friendships, but we still have that obligation, that duty, and that call to stand up for what is right in the eyes of God. Chuck, that's a great story, and I think, I don't know, let me pose a question to you, because, you know, when when we don't, you know, when we give excuses, or if we don't follow through on something, we notice it afterwards, right? There's a, there's a sense of regret, or a sense of, I didn't quite do the right thing. So even though you might have put a dampener a little bit on the evening, let's say, humanly speaking, were you still at peace, right, because you had defended the truth? Was there, was, I don't know, was there a peace there that you'd done the right thing, even though it was hard? Well, it's been so many years, I don't remember um, that I felt that, but I, I did walk away from the evening in that moment knowing that I had done the right thing knowing that I had had at least stood up for for life in that moment, as difficult as that was. Yeah, that's great. And in the moments where, when, whether it's with regard to that issue, the abortion issue, or other issues, when we see that, uh, I don't know, it's certainly something I've learned from, where, 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 you know, maybe I didn't, I wasn't as direct or as clear as I should have been, and, um, and I'm, you know, regretful, and yeah, it could be something even to bring to confession, perhaps, or at least, you know, to say, God, I'm sorry for this. But um, but we also can learn from it, and it can, and, and God can flip it into into strength and into fortitude for the next time, because there will be a next time. 
There will be a next time. You are absolutely right. Father J.P. Mitchell is our spiritual director. If you're just joining us, you're listening to The Inner Life, our program on spiritual direction, uh, coast-to-coast and around the world on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. We are looking ahead to the Sunday Gospel. It's uh, the old line you've heard it repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. We've been talking about making excuses uh, for not living out what God is inviting us, his asking us to do. And maybe that's a good question for you and our listening audience. When have you uh, made the excuses uh, maybe to not do uh, what you thought God might be asking of you? And maybe uh, when did you uh, uh, work past and work through the excuse to really stand up for your faith? Toll-free number if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. So, uh, Father JP, talking about excuses, talk a little bit about your work with the students at the University of Illinois. Uh, I'm going to present I mean, we all struggle to some degree, but these uh, young men and women, do you see them struggling to live their faith? Do you see them maybe uh, making excuses uh, to uh, maybe not live out the faith the way they perhaps know they should? Sure. Um, Yeah. I mean, we also have examples of them also living out their faith in a heroic way. But but yeah, you know, that's it's the human tendency. The tendency we all have is to make excuses. And so with regards to college students, um, excuses can come in many forms. It could come in, well, with just with regards to seeking out different pleasures. There's a great emphasis on whether it's uh, the party life, which I don't know. Even he, even COVID has not been able to stop. Um, and uh, but uh, anyway, there can be legitimate parties, of course. But there's but but in society, there is the presentation of immediate gratification, immediate pleasure, and so. Um, and uh, and that is certainly enticing, and um, and that can take the place of well, what what they know is true or what they know is good, and um, and there can be other things too, just with regards to their own maybe professional careers. That um, you know, I'm surrounded by a lot of very intelligent students, and of course, they want to be successful in life, and that's it's a good thing. But you got to make sure that the intention isn't just you know, so I can live a comfortable life, or so I can make a lot of money, or so I can have a certain prestige, right? And um, those can be temptations which, which which attract the heart, and can attract the heart, um, and thus place those things above God, right? And um, and uh, and there can also be, I don't know, all different kinds of excuses with regards to, or even their own studies can take the place of what is due to God, what is God's, you know? I got a lot of work to do, and so you know what, maybe I won't go to Mass, or I won't do my prayer. Um, so I think, you know, these are common things that uh, affect us all, but yeah, it, 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 that those and many more definitely affect uh, yeah. the college students here at uh, yeah. U of I. Father J.P. Mitchell, our spiritual director, looking ahead to the Sunday Gospel. Let's uh, take a phone call for you, Father J.P. Bob, uh, listening in the Chicagoland area, thanks, you, thanks for the call, and welcome to the program today. Hey, thanks. I really appreciate. It. I really enjoyed your uh, your um, depiction of Sunday's gospel. Is really I've never heard that about the coin. That was a great uh, insight. But the, I, the reason I was calling was the same thing happened to uh, you, Chuck. Happened to me. I was at a social gathering, and they were all lawyers, and um, I was not. I'm not a lawyer, and they they were talking about um, abortion and you know all the buzzwords, you know, right to choose and this and that. And I was kind of quiet, and, um, you know, that, that thing where the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say. Well, it came to me, and they said, what do you think? And I just said this. I said, uh, 
you know, what do you think God thinks of abortion? And then one person said, you know, he probably doesn't like it. And I said, then neither do I. And then that was it. And it just like stopped. And like everyone else was like, I never saw a room full of lawyers shut up so quick. It was great. <laughs> and uh, I'd love to say it was me, but it was, it was the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the thing about it is once you do it once, you can stand up. You can do it the next time. It's that much easier. And, you know, I, I, I think that if anybody asks me, well, right now, if anybody asks me who I'm voting for, I mean, there's one candidate who's pro-life and there's one who isn't. And there's one who wants to sue nuns, and there's one who isn't. And I'm voting for the – look, at the end of our lives, we have to have that exit interview. And I don't want to go there and say, yeah, you know, they thought about killing babies. I said I was okay with it. Or, you know, I said, yeah, let's vote. You know, I'm just, I, didn't, I'm, I don't want to do that. Again, back to my thing where I said to the lawyers, you know, what do you think God thinks of it? And they said they didn't like it, and then neither do I. So I'm just going to go with that. <laughs> That's great, Bob. Uh, you know, it's it's. Um, I would definitely, I would definitely agree with you that that's the Holy Spirit because it's. I think also with the simplicity of the answer, or the, of you know the short and sweet answers where that get right to the point, um, rather than going on a long, you know, five minute explanation as to why. Right. I mean, those in in those circumstances, I mean, those answers are gold. <laughs> They're pure gold. Um, it's funny. I was driving down. I'm not going to say who it referred to. I think it will be clear. But anyway, I was driving down from Chicago to, to Champaign yesterday, and uh, and there was a big billboard of a picture of of a baby in the womb, and it said it was basically like, who do you think the unborn would vote for if they could? You know. Anyway, but uh, but yeah, with regards to the pro-life issue, as you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Bob. Uh, thanks. Yeah, thanks uh, so much. And uh, sometimes we don't have to say a lot, do we? Just something as uh, simple as that can make all of the difference. And I think sometimes we think we have to have the the great big argument. We have to have all of our thoughts um, down on paper. We have to memorize it. We have to be prepared and all of that. But just to pray to the Holy Spirit like Bob did, look what happened. Wow. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... um... Yeah, the whole, you know, and and our Lord told us too, right? He, he said, he, he said when you, you know, it was with regards to going before the magistrates or the different, I guess, civil authorities, but it could be just in front of the authority of public opinion. Of you know, you don't don't worry about giving long speeches or having long preparations. The Holy Spirit will communicate to you, and so Jesus Himself said it, and His story is is an example of it happening. You know, it's great. Yeah. Bob, thanks uh, for a great story. Thanks for joining us today. Let's head to Las Vegas. Evelyn is listening there. Hi, Evelyn. Good to have you on The Inner Life today. Good morning. It's wonderful. I I live on relevant radio. I breathe, and (laughs) it's my life. (laughs) It's my breath of life. Let's put it that way. So I'm driving well, good. right well, now. Yeah, th- th- thanks. Uh, th- good to know that we can give you some uh, some uh, breath of life. Uh, it's great to have you with us yes. today. Yes, great. Yeah, yes. I love it. And I want to, yeah, I want to share a, a really profound and powerful story about my aunt, who was diagnosed with cancer and was undergoing treatment. Uh, then, in the mid '70s, where I come from, you know, there was no fancy treatment, but uh, cobalt, a really strong chemical that would burn the cancer cells. And in the midst of her treatment, she she got pregnant, and it was supposed to be her sixth child. And uh, the doctor said, this baby needs to be aborted. It's 
going to be so abnormal. In fact, it's going to be burnt because cobalt burns, uh, you know, cancer cells. So you need to abort. And she's a very good Catholic, and she said, "Well, it's a good it's a good excuse to abort, but uh, but I I need to ask permission from my bishop because I live my Catholic faith and I don't believe in abortion, but." It is to live for my five other kids. I'll ask permission. And the bishop said that, you know, if this baby is in its first trimester and the doctor said it'd be burned, it would have been burned by then and would not be moving. But you said it's moving and and you look good despite your cancer therapy. Uh, Let's just trust God and put our faith in God. And she said, okay. And the doctor was, you know, flabbergasted. She chose to have the baby, and she, in fact, said, stop the treatment, stop the treatment. I don't want this baby to be burned any further because I'm going to have this baby. Mm-hmm. And she had a baby, the most beautiful baby boy, whom my my parents adopted because, you know, my, my aunt did die. She died and uh, after the baby was born. And she saw the baby alive and was so happy. And uh, she stood for life and... That that was during the time when Roe v. Wade was was approved, you know, and our our law of the land was in the mid-70s. And I pray to her each time I doubt about my faith, about having children. I pray to her a lot, and I believe she's a saint, but the story is so profound. I talked to my cousin, who is now in his 30s, and his Proof of uh, the stands for life. My my aunt just smiled and said, "Hey, let's have a baby. Stop the treatment. I'm gonna die anyway. So why even take a chance on my life when I know it's going to end?" So I just want to share the story because wow. that's beautiful. Reminded me of how precious life is. Mm. Yes. Well, Evelyn, yeah, thank you so much, uh, Evelyn. I'm going to ask Father JP to make a point here, but thank you for a beautiful story. And we talk about uh, standing up for our faith, living our faith, uh, Father JP, and I hear that story, and you've heard other stories. We've all heard other stories. But every time I hear a story like that, the word heroic comes up. Uh, I mean, you hear the heroic story of this woman who stopped the cancer treatments to give life to uh, her son and ended up, you know, losing her life. But the heroic nature of that. We're all called to be heroic, even when it's difficult, aren't we? Yes. And um, it was a, uh, you know, and who knows, she... You know, if we were able to ask her, she might not use that word, you know. Um, and I think oftentimes when you talk to heroes, right, true true heroes, they don't, they uh, they deny it to, cer- to a certain extent because they, cause they see it, it as, as something that uh, that they wanted to do and that, that they, in a certain sense, had to do or saw that it was God's will, you know. And, um, and we learn, well, we learn... We learn from Jesus Christ. We see, we, and we, who also showed us that it was hard. And so we don't want, um, don't think that it's, that it's always going to be, or that it's going to be easy, right? And it, it's okay that it's difficult. It's okay that we, we, uh, 
shaking our boots a bit because you know that's how he was in the agony in the garden and um and at the same time, you know, he said, you know, Jesus made his challenge, or Lord, Father made his challenge pass for me, but not my will, your will be done. He accepted it. And so that in itself, I'm sure, gave Evelyn strength. And, of course, the examples of the saints uh, help us a ton. But, you know, it's, um, we need to, yeah, we need to be heroic, but it's going to be in whatever God's asking of us. And so maybe he'll ask something like that of me, but maybe he'll ask something very sim- very very small, you know, to to get up on time, right? Or, or uh, to to be of service for somebody that I don't particularly, you know, get along with that great, you know. And so those are heroic things we also want to find, you know, that those things as quoting today's gospel, right? That belong to yeah. God. The things which belong to God are those little moments where He's asking us to give of ourselves. Father J.P. Mitchell is our spiritual director looking ahead to the Sunday Gospel. It's about being heroic. It's about being courageous. When have you stood up for your faith? Maybe when the people in your life are telling you something different, we would love to hear your story. And if you would like to join us, toll-free phone number for you, 888-914-9149. You can email us as well, at relevantradio.com. Stay with us. We'll get to some more phone calls. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Inner Life Show or email us relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us on the program today. Father John Paul Mitchell, Father JP is a priest of Opus Dei, is our spiritual director today, serving in the Chicagoland area at the Opus Dei Center in uh, Chicago, also working extensively with the College Apostolate and joining us uh, from uh, the University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana, where the College Apostolate is run by Opus Dei. Uh, looking ahead to uh, the Sunday Gospel, it's all about witnessing to our faith, um, repaying to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, giving to God what belongs to God. A little bit of time left in the hour. If you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. Just a real quick uh, election day, fast approaching. Just a reminder that you can get your free ebook, uh, Father Rocky's new ebook, Vote Your Conscience. This will help you learn how to form your conscience around truth, beauty, goodness, and Catholic teaching, and then to use um, your well-formed conscience in all areas of your life to make moral choices including voting, raising your family, and evangelizing those around you. Father Rocky's ebook is free. All you have to do is go to the website, relevantradio.com, slash vote. You can also sign up on the Relevant Radio app. Then after you download your copy of Vote Your Conscience, invite your family and friends to sign up and get their own copy. This knowledge is meant to be shared. Again, your free copy, Vote Your Conscience, get it today. Go to relevantradio.com, slash vote, or sign up on the Relevant Radio app. App. Father J.P. Mitchell, our spiritual director, and um, I have the great privilege every day of uh, narrating uh, the reflections from In Conversation with God. Those are daily reflections you can hear on uh, the relevant radio app. Just click on the In Conversation with God banner, and you'll hear the daily reflection. This uh, is a part of what's going to be on Sunday as we talk about this gospel. And this section starts with a quote from Pope John Paul I in the same 
society, there is a terrible moral and religious void, he says. Today, all seem frantically directed toward material conquests. Make money, invest, surround yourself with new comforts, live the good life. Few think also of doing good. God, who should fill our life, has, on the contrary, become a very distant star, to which people look only at certain moments. People believe they are religious because they go to church. But outside of church, they want to lead the same life as many others, marked by small or big deceits, acts of injustice, sins against charity, and thus they totally lack coherence. This is not the way to render to God the things that are God's. And I really like that, Father JP, because I think our society today, there is a, a, a terrible moral and religious void, as Pope John Paul uh, I says. We recognize that, but the call is daunting for, for all of us to stand up and be who God's calling us to be. Yes. It's, um, yeah, it, it anyway, I, uh, I also have this in front of me. I think it's a great, it sounds very similar to a lot of things that Pope Francis says. And, and um, I think it's something that what you read there, people believe they are religious because they go to church. But outside of church, they want to lead the same life as many others. And, um, and he gives examples, right? Deceits, injustices, lacks of charity, lacks of coherence. And so God is, in, is interested in every aspect of our lives. He's, he's, he's created us. He's created the world. And so um, to render to God what is God's is my entire being. Um, and, uh, and so um, it's to seek out his will, yes, by going to church on Sunday and or, you know, obeying that commandment of keeping holy the Sabbath, of keeping holy the Lord's Day. But it's also, okay, what, will, what is God's will for me in my workplace? What is God, you know, living justice and charity there? In, in, in not gossiping, in defending, right, the right to a good reputation that everybody has. Um, it's, anyway, it, it's very easy to feel that pull. And so that's why we, like, we do need that daily prayer, right? We do need that Mass on Sunday, and if possible, I would say more. Why? Because we need the strength. And then, you know, Lord, you are my strength, to S42 to Maya, you are my And so to, um, to count on him for that strength, but, uh, but also to begin again when we do... You know, when we do fall, if we do give yeah. in to the pressures of society or the pressures of, of others who are around us. Yeah. Father J.P. Mitchell, our spiritual director, let's take another phone call. John, listening in New York, uh, you are up next, and it's good to have you on the program today. Uh, it's good to be with you. I have a, a story about standing up for the truth, but I just wanted to preface it by saying that, you know, if I'm standing up for the truth, Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. So if I'm representing him, I have to be in, in love, you know? And I think sometimes when people, you know, especially with the political situation in the country, even well-intentioned people can kind of have anger and a spirit of, I'm right, you're wrong, and, you know, we're not going to convert anybody with that. So I just, you know, I... I try to have that intention of let me speak in love and let me speak, um, you know, out of concern for whoever I'm talking to for their soul, you know, not um, not to overpower them. And I find, you know, also just asking, asking them first, what do you think? What do you feel? And then, you know, then sharing 
my response. Um, and uh, just in terms of the gospel, I belong to a great men's group in my parish, and the guy who leads it, he always, when we do this gospel or other ones, he says Jesus gets into this, like, spiritual jujitsu, uh, you know, and, and he always wins. And um, my my own response to that is he wins because he's connected to the Father, and he he prays before he talks. And, you know, and you can see the wisdom of God coming. Well, of course, Jesus is God, too. But, you know, and so I... I when I get into the spiritual jujitsu with people, it's like, okay, let me pray first. Let me try to stay connected. You know, Holy, come Holy Spirit, come speak through me. So the one in the height of the scandals, when like it was coming out in the news every day, um, I was on the job, I'm in construction and guys were bashing the church, bashing priests. And uh, we were, you know, at lunch, and there was really nobody. And I I said, you know, I got to say I'm Catholic, and I'm offended by what you guys are saying. I know there's there's been a lot of problems in the church, but the church also, you know, is the church of Mother Teresa and of a lot of saints and a lot of great priests, uh, a lot of great nuns, and, you know, people that are out serving the poor, wherever there's poor people suffering throughout the world, there's missions there. And, and, uh, you know, and you could have heard a pin drop and it was like, it got dropped and I kind of felt like the outcast. And then I got transferred to another job, but, um, the, the ringleader of the guys who was bashing the church, he tracked me down like about a month later and he called me and he said, I just want to apologize. He said, you know, he said, I'm not Catholic, but so, you know, you never know. It was a, it was a hard, hard to um, be like, you know, standing up for something when the whole tide in the room was against it. But, you you know, I, I didn't say it out of anger. I actually said it out of, you know, just, just love for Jesus, and I guess that's the key. Mm-hmm. That's great. Wow. That's um. Yeah. Thanks a lot for the story. Thanks a lot for the example. I mean, yeah, like you were saying, you made me think of you. Basically, you basically said it right when Jesus says you got to be, you got to be connected to the vine, and uh, and he's he's the vine, and we're the branches, and so the branches will grow, and we'll have you'll get that strength. The spiritual strength, right? The water and nutrients and everything. If you're connected to the vine, and so, yeah. That, thanks for the, and thanks for your example of prayer. I mean, that it uh, that's where the strength comes from, and that's where the inspiration to say those things comes from. And you, you know, our Lord through you helped that guy, help that person's heart. You know, and so who knows? Who knows how his journey has continued since then? But uh, yeah, pray for him hey. now. Yeah, hey, John, if I might ask, walk us back into that moment, if you would, when they're bashing of the church. Uh, what was going on in you, and what were you What were you thinking? Did you know you needed to say something, just resisting it maybe? But what gave you, you the courage finally to go ahead and, and make that comment? Yeah, well, I mean, um, you know... <laughs> We know we're called to do it, but of course the human side of us wants to be loved, wants to be accepted, doesn't want to be ridiculed. And, um, uh, you know, but I was like, 
you know, I think I might have heard the gospel, you know, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before yeah. my father. And I'm like, you know what? I, you know, I can't be a closet Catholic. I've got to, you know, start speaking up, which is really not my nature. I'm not a confrontational person. And, and I think, you know, the Lord did put it in my heart that like, don't, don't represent me in anger, you know, and, uh, you know, just, 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 you know, I said like a little prayer, Holy Spirit, help me. And, uh, you know, it gave me the courage, you know, it wasn't me, you know, it was, I definitely asked for the Holy Spirit first and, yeah. Well, John, great story. And Father JP, we don't have much time here, but uh, when we never know, we never know how our words ripple out to touch the lives of others. We just don't, do we? Yeah, we don't. And in fact, think about how people have helped us, you know, and they were probably oblivious to it, you know, yeah. of what they said and kind of made us think about things or pray about things. Yeah. Um, no. Well, J.P. Mitchell, we have to wrap things up and uh, about 10 seconds for a final blessing for all of these good listeners. Almighty God bless you and your family. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father J.P. Mitchell, thanks so much. Always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks uh, to uh, Father J.P. Thanks to all of you for taking a little bit of time in your day to join us here on The Inner Life. We do appreciate that. Stay tuned. Celebrating Mass at the top of the hour. Don't forget 1230 Central. The Faith Explained with Kale Clark. We are back on Monday. Have a great weekend and hope to see you then.